What do those required ethics CE classes have to do with King Solomon and some guy named Joe? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. How can you be the first to know about each week's podcast and get on the list for special listener-only content? It's simple. Go to shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. Today on the Shift Shapers podcast, we're talking to Tony Bouquet. Tony is an old friend of the podcast. We've interviewed him a while back in a different context. For those of you who may not have heard the interview or for the four people in America who haven't met Tony yet, Tony is vice president and adjunct professor at the American College, but we're not talking to him so much about that today. We're talking to him about a fascinating new book that he's written. It's called The Bloodline of Wisdom, The Awakening of a Modern Solutionary, and we'll get into all of that in just a moment. But first, welcome back, Tony. Well, thank you, David. The last time we spoke, which was way back on episode five, it seems like the dark ages, we talked about a lot of changes that were happening at the American College. But your new change is this book, and it instructs about a serious subject, but interestingly, at least to me, it does it in the form of a very engaging novel. So let's start with broad strokes, how the novel came about, and what the thought process was behind it. Well, those are both interesting uh, questions. In the beginning, and going back to my youth, wisdom was always something that was strived for. I came from a large family. We had dinner together almost every night. And as with any family, there's always conversation around the dinner table. And anytime someone would in the community or in the family would have a struggle or would get into trouble or had any kind of uh, issue they were dealing with, it was my mother that always said they probably didn't make a wise decision. That intrigued me as I got older and I started to uh, contemplate wise decisions. It amazed me that, you know, being around and being on the world for however many years man walked the earth, it seems like the same problems have plagued mankind forever. And it's my belief that if it's a man-made problem, there's a man-made solution to that problem. And it intrigues me that some problems we face, we just seem not to be able to solve. And that was the impetus of the book. The story itself came about because of Ogmandino. I'm a big Ogmandino fan, and his style of writing was in a fable setting. 
And I always found that very intriguing that you could get into a story and still learn great lessons. So that was how I came about with this story. I can't take full credit. It was uh, based on the same storylines that Og Mandino used. Those of us in the universe who are English majors, who are working in fields completely unrelated to English majors, which would probably be most of us, have a word for that. We call these stories didactic. They teach a lesson. And what intrigued me about the book to start with, and we'll give the listeners some background, is that while it's set in a what some might consider a religious background, I really found it to be more of an historic background. I don't want people to start reading the book and go, well, this is a religious text and stop reading. Why was that necessary as, as, a, as a useful background for the story to, to advance the storyline? Solomon, who, if you ask anyone about King Solomon, everyone knows King Solomon to be the wisest man on earth. And of course, that's based on the biblical text that was written either by Solomon or of Solomon. And Solomon is one of the main characters, because if you're going to talk wisdom, you really have to refer back to Solomon. And then the more I researched on Solomon, the more intriguing the storyline became. And you can't write about Solomon and not write from a biblical standpoint, because it was a big part of his life at the time, 970 BC. He was the Jewish, the leader of the Jewish faith. So to write about Solomon and not use it from a biblical standpoint I think would have detracted from who Solomon was. So let's bring this back down into a context that may be more immediately relevant or understandable to our listeners in terms of what they do on their daily lives. Almost everybody is up to their next in CE classes. And one of those classes that they have to take, it's mandatory requirement in a lot of places, is called ethics. Is wisdom the same thing as ethics? Well, it's not the same thing completely. Ethics, the word ethics comes from the Greek for character. And, you know, ethics itself is about a group of people or a, a body, a government bo- governing body or a business body. So ethics is on a business level. Morals is the counter on a personal level. And when you think of wisdom, You cannot have a moral or ethical decision that isn't wise. And a wise decision, by nature, will always be ethical. So what are some of the things that that we apply in terms of the steps that we need to make to to make wise decisions? Because we do that in, in our daily lives, both personally and also as professionals serving our clients. That's correct. I mean, we make decisions on a daily basis. And (laughs) if you're like most, you want them to be the best decision. I can't imagine anyone wanting to make a bad decision, but yet it seems like some of us are plagued with making more and more unwise decisions. And that's hopefully what the book will help us all realize, me included, I wrote a book on wisdom, but believe me, (laughs) I do not profess to have wisdom. I'm still seeking wisdom still to this day. But one of the things that I, I was intrigued when I was doing my extensive research on this topic was that knowledge 
that we gain is not necessarily wise, especially in today's society where you have so much material available to you. Back in Solomon's day, we didn't see any of that. Most people couldn't read or write, so knowledge was gained by only one source, and that was through people you know. That was how we gained wisdom back then. On a high level, talk a little bit about the journey of the main character. The main character being Joe or Solomon? Yes. No, being, being Joe. In the book, there's a young man that doesn't know and has never met his grandfather. The book begins with a stranger coming to this young man's door with information that was given to him to deliver at the death of his grandfather. So his grandfather has passed away, or should I say his father has passed away, and his father is the one that gives this this information to his son. So the son, Joe, gets this mysterious information and follows up with it through time and through the book's progression. He learns about his grandfather, who he never met, So he gets to develop a family tie back to his grandfather. And at the same time, he meets and starts to learn about Solomon from Solomon himself. So he starts to learn the steps to wise decision making through the master, if you will, of wisdom, Solomon himself. One of the things that he learns and one of the terms that pervades the book, is a term that you coined called solutionary. What is a solutionary? A solutionary is someone who seeks out a career in which their whole purpose or vocation is to help others make wise decisions. A solutionary is synonymous with the term problem solver. I never liked the word problem solver. And the reason I didn't like it is it elevated the problem above the solution in my mind. So in 09, I created the word solutionary and started using it on my LinkedIn social media page. This was way before I wrote the book. And a solutionary can be someone who follows the principles laid out by Solomon Uh, And these principles are common sense in, in so many regards, but it's the principles of making a wise decision. And then they seek out, consumers seek them out when they need help making a decision. People that are advisors, such as uh, insurance or financial advisors, doctors, attorneys, these people, their whole life is built, or their professional life, is built around helping others make the best decisions possible. That's what a solutionary is. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace, 
until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. So, solutionaries or benefit advisors, are benefit advisors always solutionaries, or are some of them not? Some of them not. A solutionary would be someone that, again, uses the principles of Solomon. And Solomon's principles was, always do what's right, do it to the best of your ability, and and always treat others the way you want to be treated. Sadly, not every advisor in any field does that. But if they do, and they and they do so with integrity, these people would be solutionaries. That doesn't sound terribly complicated. It isn't complicated, not at all. And why do you think it, it, there's such a lack of wisdom in so many places? Well, I, I believe, and this is I'm only speaking for me, is in today's society, information is prevalent. You can Google anything that you can imagine and get information on that. Most people think that knowledge and information is wisdom, and it isn't. It's a component of wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge obtained through education, and education can be books, it can be videos, it can be the information found on on the Internet. That's education. You add to that experience, which is a key component of knowledge. You have to have experience to have wisdom because it's only through experience you know how to use that education. And then the third component is the what Solomon termed as a natural component, which is, in, in today's words, morals and ethics in our personal beliefs. Everyone is raised in the society of today to have moral and ethical beliefs. Those ethical and moral beliefs have to be a part of our our decision-making for it to be wise. When you apply that knowledge to a problem as the right solution, that is wisdom. Good answer. Back to the book itself as as a book, as a story, if you will. One of the things that, that at least drew me in initially was the setting for the book. Can you talk a little bit about the, the background in that setting? Because it also propels the story. And in the book, the young man's in South Louisiana. So South Louisiana is the setting. More importantly, there's an island that in French is called the Ile de Mauvais Chaux or the Isle of Bad Choices. On this island, he finds the Scrolls of Solomon. In this island, he'll also see the lessons of wisdom through various things in nature. And I don't want to give too much away in the book, but the island is symbolic of our flaws. And we all have flaws. We all have 
vices that we would like to change, but we struggle with. That's part of why I named the island the island of bad choices, because no matter who we are, including Solomon himself, we make bad choices in our life, even the wisest of us. I noticed in the setting and also in a couple of the little anecdotes about Joe's entry into the insurance business, it seemed to me that there was a little personalization there. Was some of that your story? Yes. Yeah, there was the... (laughs) It's a fictional book, but as with any fable, there's also some applications into our personal life or into our the lives we live. So yes, some of this was factual cases. If you're a benefit advisor and you say, gee, this sounds intriguing, maybe I'll go buy the book. Maybe I'll look into it a little bit further. I'll look at some of the reviews on Amazon, which by the way, have been overwhelmingly stellar. And I applaud you. It's, it's a very interesting book. I know I'll give out a little secret here. I had the opportunity to read some of the early drafts quite some time ago. And the book is just really, really fascinating. But what are the lessons, the the, the direct lessons, and maybe an example or two of what goes on in an insurance practice, which you're very familiar with because you've been on the retail and also on the educational side, and how things that a reader would learn in the book might help them? Well, that's a very good question, David. What I gleaned through my personal research, through my personal application of wise decision-making is sometimes we don't see right away the right path in our life, in our practice, in our decisions. Sometimes we don't take the time to seek all the education we, we should have. Sometimes we don't seek enough experience from other people, especially when we get into a, a, a new practice. A lot of your listeners may be brand new to this industry. They may not have the experience to make wise decisions, but there's other people in their lives and in their offices that they can pull in and use that wisdom. I think that that's the biggest thing. I think that if we can apply all of what is given in this book as far as education goes and then apply the experience of our family and friends and coworkers to our practice, I think it's just going to proved to be very valuable to many advisors across the world. So you're talking about what we might call today mentorship. And it was interesting in in the book, Solomon has a scribe who writes, obviously writes down many of the things that he says, but Solomon also was kind of a mentor to his scribe. And is that applicable today? It is. It is. You and I have both mentored many people in this industry. And I believe that without mentorship, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I would like to believe that some of the people that I hired and mentored into the business wouldn't be here in the same position they are today had it not been for my intervention as well. So I think we all can benefit from one another. And I think that's what we are called to do. Tony, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with the Shift Shapers audience. Uh, again, we'll link out to the book in the show notes and also in the right-hand column, and we'll link out to your the book's website as well. Tony Bouquet, who's Vice President and Adjunct Professor at the American College and also author of the book, The Bloodline of Wisdom, The Awakening of a Modern Solutionary. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you, David. The Shift Shapers Podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. 
This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.